Arr, grog. Hey everyone, welcome to the Size Shed podcast. I'm Matthew Weir, and I couldn't locate Kerry for a while, but I wiggled a sausage, and she appeared. Fucking hell. That, that's all it takes, Matthew. You follow cooked meat anywhere. You like Bert. Follow meat anywhere. Didn't you hear that line? What, about wiggling a sausage? Yes. When Tracy was, um, they had that kind of handover meeting at Susan and Neil's. Ah, the nice breakfast. Yeah, I like the way Susan went, as they say, breakfast is served. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, did, did they say that? And Al Fresco and Jasmine went, Al who? It means outside. <laughs> um, you know, they were saying that Brad was a pleasure to have mm. around. Neil said that. Contrast to George, obviously. Yeah. Then there was that moment where she said, what about Dad? And Susan went, let's just finish breakfast. I was waiting for it to say, he's dead. <laughs> I've killed him. <laughs> You're eating him, actually, yeah. Tracy. He he won't let Neil watch Keeping Up Appearances, so he's in the, <laughs> in the allotment. But um, Tracy offered advice she said wiggle a sausage under his nose he'd follow cooked meat anywhere oh my goodness i i've listened twice matthew and i didn't hear that you know it's a little bit like the character in westworld who's a robot yeah that when they show him the diagrams that he is a robot he's like i just can't see anything and that you're like that with cooked meat being wiggled under <laughs> your nose you're just like no no that's totally normal. What are you talking about? Oh, I'll tell you what, though. I had, when you did the tweet along, which I'm going to speak about in a moment, young man, um, mm. <laughs> I was out and I had the most divine mutton rotis in a pub. So you just reminded me of me. But anyway, when you did the tweet along, there's an elephant in the room. Is this about me saying the part of Emma was played by Carrie Warvis? Yes, that's the elephant in the room, Matthew. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, what did you mean exactly? Please tell me. <laughs> uh, just blind devotion and defence of George in the face of quite obvious criticism. Yeah, except I have explained <laughs> last week that I'm not blind and blinkered. I do know. I don't blindly praise him. Are you suggesting I can't be slightly jokey and irrational on Twitter? I just want to make sure that people know this. I know you know it, but like saying, oh, <laughs> Emma was played by me. And then, of course, <laughs> I was in the pub eating mutton rotis and I thought, oh, I wonder what he means. And I listened to the episode. <laughs> well, I can imagine you threatening to punch Hannah. Oh, can you? Yeah, kind of. Mm -mm. I've never, I've never hit anyone. I would verbally slaughter people. Oh, haven't you? No. Okay. Let's have a little break, and then we'll be hearing from pacifist Kerry Warbis. Dear Cider Shed listener, a commercial is about to appear on the podcast. Maybe you should take this opportunity to pop to the kitchen and grab refreshment and or use the bathroom. We will be back with you shortly. P.S. What ads do you get? Please let us know. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, we said in our preamble that we would start with Miles. Mm. But we've gone a bit George. We have. So let's let let's stay on it. Also, can I just say, Matthew, do you know what my middle name is? Killer? No. Quite the opposite. Peace. Yep. Fuck off. It is. <laughs> so you just call me pacifist. And uh, my name is Kerry Peace Warbis. Yeah, is it double barreled of work? Shut it. No, it isn't double barreled, and it's peace as in love and peace. My parents gave me that middle name. Okay, mine is Matthew Adolf Misha Schmidt Weir. <laughs> Quite a po- opposite, aren't we? Quite polar opposites. <laughs> so George went a bit nuts tonight. Look, we can't hide. We're recording this on Thursday. No. It's my birthday on Monday. I'm going down to Lisbon on Friday straight after work and we can't record. So you're going to have to take us analysing five episodes, not six. I know. I know you're a bunch of greedy bastards, but we can't do it for you this week. So that's what you're getting. How many cakes are you having at your birthday party? At least three. <laughs> and uh, no, I don't think I'm having any, actually. I, I, you know, uh, my in-laws might bake something for me because they're a bit, they're, they're baking types. Mm. So I think I might get like some kind of lime cheesecake kind of Brazilian affair. Oh, that nice. sounds good. Yeah, better than butter cream. Yeah, we're just going to the beach. Nice. So we're just going to be chilling. Mm-hmm swimming etc full disclosure it is thursday night george has just totally went off on one but let's drag it back Mm. to where this story begins with him earlier in the week so on wednesday did no no we heard from him earlier didn't we when he he was moping about losing his job on monday yeah he was in the tea room wondering if he should get a job in there and then he sort of goes you you ask tony for me um mum you'll 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 say it better than me and Emma was sort of going, saying things like, um, good things come to positive thinkers. Is she just reading the different inspirational quote cushions that are put up around the, the tea room? Yeah, she hasn't got any original yes. ideas of her own. She's just like, you know. Yeah. Don't worry, George. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> Prosecco o'clock. Just say that to Tony. Everything will be fine, love. <laughs> <laughs> I just have this idea now of her just wildly looking around the room like, uh, what's the next one? Uh, you, yeah, but the thing is, George, uh, um, my other car is a Porsche. Yes. 
<laughs> Do you remember the guy from Absolutely? The Absolutely, Absolutely was that comedy in the eighties, and there was a character. He was, I think, he was meant to be Greek, and he had like a wild big afro, and he used to drive around on a tractor with this kind of vaguely no. xenophobic Eastern European or possibly Greek kind of accordion music playing, and the whole sketch was whenever he would, he was trying to enter real life and every now and again he would walk in somewhere and see a sign and go he'd see like you don't have to be mad to work it but it helps and then he would just go into hysterics and laugh on the floor for about a minute while the music played you never saw this no because i'm 10 years older than you and so when you were watching that sort of thing i was up to no good well no no i still find time to watch tv and get up to no good well you know what i mean there are certain references where you will have been a child or something and I wasn't. Anyone listening out there, if you remember the character I'm talking about, he used to wear kind of like um, a blue suit, massive like Afro hair, a bit like Rasputin-esque. He used to drive around in a tractor. He'd be like, my other car is a Porsche. Sounds like David. Oh, yeah. He does a bit. <laughs> maybe it was David. Maybe I've just made this awesome fever dream. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Emma, yeah, yeah. Emma is trying to comfort George in the tea room. Mm. Mm. He's not really having any of it, is he? No. Yeah, he's convincing everyone that Hannah was a bully and, and so. But at, at the same time on Tuesday, Tony and Hannah managed to point out to George about him being misogynistic, didn't they? What did you think that Tony did to point out his misogyny? He said no back chat, didn't he? Mm. Oh, he said like one what was it one slip up and you're out and then George went who's been telling you stuff it's that Hannah isn't it Tony said oh well I've I might have heard that you you've got your bad mouthing or you've got a bad tongue in your head or something yeah so yeah he was straight away targeting Hannah as the source of these problems it's not beyond belief that Hannah would speak to Johnny mention it mm. and Johnny's mm -hmm. going to mention it to to his granddad yeah. So yeah, it's not some mass conspiracy against George, is it? I know he perceives mm. it like that. He does yeah. have this incredible victim complex, which mm. can I think sometimes he almost believes the lie. You know what I mean? When he's telling the story to Will and when he's telling the story to Emma, I think he's got mm. himself into a place where he's convinced that he's giving the truth, whereas in fact he's yeah. uh, he is twisting it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I. Where does this misogyny come from? Is it some sort of deep-seated disappointment in his own mum? I think he's been playing too much Grand Theft Auto. Oh, is it that one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, really. I mean, the, the stuff that he said tonight yeah. to the um, three of them. I mean, he'd hinted at it before, hadn't he? Mm, yeah. That everyone used to tease him and stuff like that. And maybe, you know, mm -hmm. I have no doubt that he's telling the truth there yeah about that yeah but still you know mia not quite from the same background but she's grown up in that house and mm. what he said to will about nick just totally out of order i liked the bit where emma just went who are you and i expected him to just completely straighten up and go i'm george grundy <laughs> what are you talking about yeah that is a bloody great point matthew about mia forgotten all about her in all of this so yes that's an interesting counterpoint isn't it to the i've had a terrible childhood yeah i mean she's not my two dads with greg evergan no like, uh, <laughs> like um like george is but 
at the same time yeah. he's been in and around that situation i mean george says one of his earliest memories of nick was cuffing him wasn't it? yeah yeah i know yeah exactly i this this is it you see i do think i'm not this is no in no way excusing any of his current behaviors but he's a messed up kid i do think that and you've only got to hear will oh god his annoying voice and emma those two people are kind of responsible for his upbringing aren't they yeah they are i mean funnily enough i I had to sit in on a, a lecture today that a student was listening to and the lecture was saying that there's really no argument that violence and aggression is inherent mm. and it's all about the environment that you grow up in mm -hmm. and all these people like clutch their pearls about oh well, she was the adopted daughter of a serial killer should she ever find out who her father is and everyone's worrying about jack now aren't they in the archers yeah what he should know and what he shouldn't know and should he be told i mean they are interesting philosophical questions aren't they yeah but george's upbringing i think he's more embarrassed rather than angered by it and it's become anger so what we've mm. got now, if what he said can be analysed, is that he has actually been ashamed and slight. He kind of, he slut shamed his mum. Let's not dress it mm. up any other way. <laughs> yeah. And how long has he been keeping that under the surface? And yeah. it's been seeping out in relation to other women. Yeah, yeah. They, they've not had any proper real conversations about it they've not spotted how messed up he is because of it obviously they you know they're busy busy people they perhaps think oh he's doing all right he's doing it on the surface level but they haven't delved into like how much that has played on his mind or what experience at school that's given him or what reasons are there for him lashing out verbally or acting out mm. they haven't really investigated this and and they're such sort of odd people i don't think they'd be very good at gently probing what he's about what he's thinking what he's feeling over the past sort of 10 years or so i know they're not loaded but and i know emma works there so it's home from home but why not mm. just like go for a, have dinner at the pub and chat about it you know rather than this like yeah. this panel that was waiting for him when he got exactly home. Exactly. They made it into a bigger, more confrontational thing. It didn't need to be three of them. Like one of them could just take him out somewhere <laughs> and just go, how, how, take him out. One, one just, it only takes one <laughs> to take him out. I just got visions of them now, like the X Factor or the voice with like buzzers, like, <laughs> sorry, I'm out, George. Sorry, you called you. You said that I was mm. so laid back, I was practically asleep. Uh, now you said that he was shagging my girlfriend uh, yeah, i'm sorry george mm. you just called me a slut it's a no from all of us yes i absolutely loved today's uh scene though it was like yeah it was quite i just enjoyed it as drama that he really said it like it was to those three people in his mind anyway of course it was over the top he's lashing out isn't he yeah um i'm sure he's he's going to regret hopefully some of the things that he said but i did tweet like he has got a point about some of that and then i put ducks <laughs> however it's got retweeted it's got like i think people get you know that he there's a germ of reason into his past experiences that have that have led him to be the person he is that does not however excuse how he treats all women and how he treats um but those around him generally he uses people to his advantage doesn't he definitely like and they're falling for it because they feel guilt about their past. They're over 
compensating and mollycoddling and nothing he can do is wrong and you know his reputation in the village is going to be ruined by hannah not by himself yeah you very tidily mm. answered a question i was mm. going to ask you there like but does that excuse mm. his behavior no of course it doesn't luckily no. for george he's going to the completely healthy functional workplace that is bridge farm oh god i know i know well what i found interesting was that he's actually going to join One Direction. Oh, is he? Come on, Kerry, fill me in. Yeah, because uh, Neil said um, he's worrying me, that boy. He's going in One Direction <laughs> fast and it doesn't lead to anywhere good. And I thought, bloody hell, they split up in 2015. Maybe he's replacing Harry Styles or something. <laughs> uh, um, there was that moment where Neil... <laughs> I mean, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Like, Neil is infallible, really. And mm. he's the one that has raised the alarm on this. And look at the grief he's getting from those around him. Yeah. And it's very hard to disagree mm. with what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and he it's cutting him up to admit it, isn't it? Like, it yeah. really hurts him to admit that he can see this happening. Because even Will said to George, Neil wouldn't do such a thing if he didn't mm. feel it was right. In a way, like the three of them, Will, Ed and Emma meeting and talking about him, that bit was okay. And sort of going, look, we've got to do something. We're concerned. Uh, it was like an intervention of sorts, wasn't it? But really clumsily done. But them talking about him and being concerned. Yes, that's good. Do that. But then don't haul him in front of the three of you yeah. and go, you know, you need to change. Because... No 18-year-old who's really belligerent is going to deal with that very well. They thought that Hannah would lay it all at George's door when she was confronted. Emma said that, didn't she? And mm. Neil has had to tell them individually, yeah, he was already on two warnings for mm. his behaviour. He's a good worker. He had problems. He had attitude. He had attitude just to the women. Yeah. Because Hannah said, didn't she, to Emma in the tea room, that scene, that was where Emma was really shirty with her when she was buying her bakewells and coffee. It was handy, that, wasn't it, that the coffee machine had stopped working, so Hannah had to go to the tea room. Uh -huh. Hannah said, like, your son has a problem with women. He'll spread misogynistic garbage. Good. It's nice that that is actually reaching the ears of... Emma, isn't it? Yeah, she also said that as far as his work on Bridge Farm goes, to Tom and Tony will be fine. It's Pat and Helen I'd worry about. Well, yeah. that's a mantra for life. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, we all worry about them too. There was a bit of a chink in the armour where you felt Emma knew she had a point. Ah, did you think so? Okay. Yeah, because she went, I'll... And she went, you're what? Because oh, yeah, yeah. As, as feisty as Emma is, I mm. think... Uh, Hannah could fold her into next week if she wanted to. Ah, right. I thought you meant that Emma actually realised that what she was saying was true. No, no, I do mean that. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. People tend to get very nasty when they're confronted with the truth. And Emma, she kind of revved it up a bit when she mentioned the misogyny. I think Hannah said, you must be able to see it. Mm. And she got really angry that she was about to, about to put one on her. And then I think she realised like <laughs> Hannah could, uh, you know, kick her fanny into next week <laughs> and then she was just like okay yeah better not and poor neil like he said to uh, will if everyone's so worried about him they should sort him out and stop having to go at me before yeah. he gets really really out of hand 
I mean, fast forward to next week, mm. Tony's going to walk in and be like, George, George, what's that model train doing in your mouth? <laughs> yeah, why is there a half-eaten Earl of St. Germans in the bin? No, nope, <laughs> weren't me. What? And what will you have done to the women at that farm? <laughs> what could you possibly do to Pat? Criticise her suit? Insert the jingle here. Ah, oh, yeah. Pat chat. Pat chat. Pat chat. What do you think we're going to get next week when you go? I mean, after this blow up, do you still think he's going to Bridge Farm? Wow, I don't know. I'm really worried about Tony's radish rhythm, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, George disrupted him, didn't he? I oh, know, right, he was right in a rhythm with his radishes. <laughs> I like the way George offered to feed him, um, to feed him. <laughs> God, <laughs> Jesus, that's a dark, that's a dark image, isn't it? He offered, to fil- he offered to film him in the laser weeder. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, with the sort of time lapse, sunsetting. I imagine it's like the shittest version of Star Wars ever. <laughs> But Tony was quite accommodating, wasn't he, really? He was like, oh, all right, I'll give you a chance. I know they're stretched and everything, but I was quite surprised that Tony went. He was very persuasive when he said, oh, while you're doing all the stuff that I am incapable of doing, I'll do the other bits for you and I'll film shit for your website again. And Tony went, all right, then <laughs> we'll, we'll see what sort of small bits of, you know, it won't be full days necessarily, but and you're thinking, oh, my goodness, what is George going to actually wreck at their place? I've got multiple theories. I, um, I think burn down the edible forest. This is day Great. one. Good, good. Yep. Blow up Natasha's juice factory and go on a killing spree with Pat's shotgun. <laughs> on day one. <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be something that happens at the twins' birthday with George. He kind of trips over and falls face first into both cakes. <laughs> well, I reckon it's more likely that Fallon chucks the cakes at Tom and Natasha when Tom says, you haven't got the least love. Yeah, they've gone. For... It's so poisonous, isn't it? Because Tony and Pat were very convinced and mm. Tom has just been a total dickweed about it. And now Pat and Tony are like, well, she has to understand that eight years is just can't happen. It was like, hang on, last week you were saying you were totally sold on it. It's just yeah. because of this sausage f***er that you're not going to go for it now. But Pat was Pat was pushing back and saying, look, all she wants is some clarity. We've got to either say no or give her an alternative. That's all she's asking for. So she does get it. But the clarity that Fallon's going to get is probably going to go down like a cup of cold sick, isn't it? I worry for the twins as well, because they're both girls with George around. Oh, God. Is George yeah. going to be there? Well, I don't know. He's working. Ah, oh, right. OK. Yeah. Oh, dear. Maybe something terrible will happen and they'll think that he did it on purpose. And actually, it'll be it'll be a cry wolf situation. Yeah. yeah well, you know, also like first birthday parties they've got no idea it's all very showy isn't it this two cake nonsense that's got goats on it i was talking to my mate with the mutton rotis in the pub the other night and she was telling me that some friends of hers have had a first wedding anniversary coming up and they've invited people to this big restaurant thing they've got to pay a hundred quid a head for this menu first wedding anniversary grounds for divorce it's just ridiculous what people do nowadays, isn't it? To celebrate stuff. Oh, so, like I've I hate I've it. seen um like people celebrate four months of a baby. What? what Don't are you doing? be puffed. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. What? 
Yes, they're like, oh, it's the four month birthday, birthday of the child. Like, not just like, I'm not talking about these people that like put a little stone next to their kid or a little sign that says four months today and just like, mm. that's fine. Like a little milestone. I get that. Put a stone but, next like, to their kid. Yeah. Sounds, I know what you mean, but it sounds really fun. <laughs> just well, pick up well, a stone. Is this the Portuguese thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Yeah. But yeah. I know people Fine, but don't par- make people I, think, I know people that have parties at four months. Stop it. Because what they were saying, like, Natasha's really rigidly set instructions hasn't she because helen's being driven out of her mind by it she was going, cutting a number one it shouldn't be this hard that was on sunday wasn't it and natasha and she's trying to be aunt of the month and obviously the joke was that the... i think they got the first letter wrong exactly yeah definitely i was thinking what would natasha's stipulations be for the birthday gifts and stuff she's probably just sort of given a sort code and account number hasn't she or said all <laughs> gifts must be 18 karat gold only oh i am reminded of when you said that the ultrasound would come back as a sausage in a credit card <laughs> <laughs> oh yes i like the way that um harrison went in he said, he said i mean would you take harrison's word for anything no he said cakes plural you know oh. and uh, i was you know i mean my um there is a vc uh a vhs tape floating around in brazil of my other half's first birthday and it's just a bunch of adults shit-faced on caiprinhas as far as yeah, i can see exactly it's for the adults isn't it definitely yeah oh man i've just yeah. realized maybe harrison was saying keks yeah i thought about that so that's trousers <laughs> isn't it in yorkshire yeah. look listen love it was he said tom won't even mention it and if he does can taser him right in his f-ing veg box. I'll stove his face in in front of the babies. Uh, I was surprised that Edgley once booked Hadaway for their fate. Oh. Did you hear that? <laughs> now there's a song vaguely in my memory banks that Hadaway did. Hi again. This section has been removed because it contained Matthew singing the 1993 debut single "What Is Love" by Trinidadian German Eurodance singer Hadaway. It would have hurt you hurt you and we don't want to hurt you hurt you no more so what song did Hadaway do Matthew um it's on the tip of my tongue what is love oh yes baby don't oh so baby don't hurt me Mm. so why what made you say that they're at the fate then or edgely or something there was some reference to have a way of something and they said edgely had a way (laughs) with a fate or something and i was like what hadaway played edgley god hadaway one direction darrington maybe they could have a right little fest one day they're going to do that aren't they what book hadaway for the for the average fate (laughs) no no you know in the scriptwriter's room they must have a list of sort of events that they could make the village do they're going to do a little sort of like proper I know they had that locks fest thing, but they should, they're going to have some sort of other festival where people actually stay over in tents, like a little mini Glastonbury type. Maybe Adil will let them do that. Um, Grey Gables. Oh, where is Adil? Oh no, missing in action. Oh no. Put... Adil, Chelsea, Rex. Yeah. Well, I know I did have a message from Peter earlier saying um, that the Archers is shit at the moment. 
basically. Yeah. Thanks for your thanks for your input, Peter. Thanks for your support. Uh, but he um, he's look, he said he might stop listening for a bit, and I we have to tell him when Ardil, Rex, and or Toby are back, or Jacob. Did did he mean he might stop listening to the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> 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 probably um oh by the way um sorry about the technical issue last week everyone uh, one things you we might not have noticed is that i lost my voice about three times during the recording so we had to keep stopping didn't we and... yeah oh it was a nightmare wasn't it that's why it was like 36 minutes long yeah um and then yeah then then tech went against us but we we kind of we muscled it together in the end i will try and leave this as unedited as possible just to be brutally honest so tony jesus can you hear outside i can hear some whistling or something no it's a bunch of cats on heat oh that sounded like yeah. whistles because you've got an annoying whistling neighbor haven't you suddenly i have He's doing motorbike repairs in the garage in the forecourt below me, where my garage is too. And he whistles as he works. Oh dear. Uh, Kerry, you had an annoying whistling neighbour. Tell the listeners what you did. <laughs> years and years we've put up with this, me and my lovely neighbour, Cher. And <laughs> I, yeah, she's called Cher. And I reached a point of no return i shouted at him a few times over the hedge and then i put a note through his door a few months ago and he stopped since i put that note through the door and now matthew wants to borrow the note or rewrite yeah. it for his uh, portuguese it. yeah i mean i did send it in the whatsapp group so you can put it through some translation thing and it worked and, uh, so you and Cher, do you believe in life after whistling <laughs> Yes, I'm. I'm proof positive that that is a possibility for you, Matthew. So don't give up. It was only one day, and it was on Sunday when I was feeling a little bit under the weather because mm. I'd been out to White Night, as I believe I mentioned last week before you the sound did. went there. Yeah, how was it for you? It's good fun, really good mm. fun. Yeah, lots of Portuguese hip hop. Yeah, it was good. Ate a lot of chorizo in the street and danced around a bit very enjoyable that's what i imagine you doing all the time when you're not doing the podcast sort of just I sort of teach. dancing around cobble no 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 not that dancing around cobbled streets chomping on chorizo it's not too far from the truth actually <laughs> there was a really weird bit tonight which was thursday with fallon and harrison with the buttercream and that where there was a terrible ferrari joke and both of them went <laughs> For ages, really loudly. Did you notice? A donkey was called Ferrari. Yeah, but they laughed like they were high. I think Harrison's... Well, we've, we've suspected for some time that Harrison like, has a kind of a liberal attitude to the stash box at work whenever they've seized drugs. Oh. Because do you remember when Fallon made that it's quiche? And went, oh no, I've put the wrong ingredients in the quiche. I have to go and warn Jill. And we were like, everyone was going, what the f***? She yeah, we've still that. never found out what that is. No. So do you think it is some... And then Jill came to the door and was just like, no, the, the quiches were wonderful. Why do you have three heads, Fallon? <laughs> was that the day that Jill was really actually nice to people? Yeah, it was. Like, it, well, it was like the second, the minute. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yes, it was remarkable, wasn't it? 
yeah and then it went away like a hot second we never understood what was the problem with those ingredients Uh, maybe you're right harrison is just like nicking loads of the contraband um what Mm. do we think there's one thing we need in the archers sometimes we just need a calming influence a nice soft voiced person to come Mm. in and just make us feel like you know we're being kissed by the womb of mother nature and so luckily miles titchener showed up this week Kissed by a womb. (laughs) Not anything I'd like, really. I lost it there, didn't I? But yeah, Miles. Oh, I tried to look up today, very briefly, Google-wise, who plays Miles Titchener, and it didn't come up. And then I noticed on Twitter someone was asking, does Rob Titchener, actor man, play Miles as well? I'm sure this isn't the case, but I suddenly thought, Ooh, that'd be funny because they do sound well, similar, don't they? They have similarities in their voices, particularly when they get cross. I did find the actor. Ah, oh, uh, well when done. When he first appeared a few weeks ago. Okay. But I've, I've since not looked for him. He, he was quite Rob-esque, actually, in appearance oh, okay. in terms of similarity. As I recall, yeah. he was a bit, he looked a bit kind of like Ronnie Wood. But, um, oh, okay. I, 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 may have, I may have dreamt that. I'll see if I can find him while we're on air. But, uh, yeah, he's he's pretty chill, isn't he? Yeah, it was lovely. Um, Helen lied to Tony about where she was. He needed her to cover in the shop. And she was just getting a few bits and pieces for the twins. But And then there was that bell sound. I thought, is that the Swindon Cafe bell? <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't long before he was being absolutely revolting wasn't he i mean he peaked at the end where he said something along the lines of i know you had a difficult relationship you guys had your challenges (laughs) bloody hell i know he coercively controlled you forever raped you put a knife into your hand asked to kill you kidnapped your son you had to go to jail you stabbed him but do this for rob for god's sake woman you're just being so out of order Oh. My, my my wife once wanted to watch Aspel when I wanted to watch Duty Free. I understand, Helen. Ask Aspel. <laughs> Haven't thought about that for a few years. Yeah, he's not really great at winning people round to do what you want them no. to, is he? She, I mean, I said a few weeks ago, can you imagine Christmas around the Titchener's Ooh. house? <laughs> the dad, well, it won't be Rob anymore, will it? Um, mm. The dad, Rob and Miles, my God. It's, it's like some joyless Bronte novel, isn't it? Up on some house on the moors with the wind howling. Yeah. Were you whistling then, Kerry? I'm, I'm doing wind. Writing a letter. I was doing wind. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm doing wind. All right. Okay. From my mouth. That's going from the end of the podcast. Great. Thank you. Helen did show signs of strength, didn't she? And went, nope. Um, Rob's diagnosis and how you tell your father of not my problem at all that's all down on you got nothing to do with it have you heard about being divorced it means you haven't got anything to do with the person blah 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 blah. (laughs) yes 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 good 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 well done helen why you went there to meet him don't know and i suppose it's because uh like kirsty said it's because she's human and i don't know whether that's actually true is it yeah there were points certainly where you thought Go on, Helen. You are saying no to this person, but I'm not utterly convinced, really. She was worried with Kirsty. She said, uh, I'm 
back in a place oh yeah where i don't want to be doing something i don't want to do and i was like that isn't that the sign above the door when you enter her dairy that's us isn't it listening to the arches <laughs> i sort of i thought <laughs> that's how clary feels <laughs> yes well you want to talk into that microphone <laughs> oh yeah we've got the uh massive window that's got to feature at some point hasn't it still yeah miles obviously miles and rob don't have a good relationship do they because he said like rob hasn't been talking sense to him it's like he's a child he said it was inoperable didn't but didn't say how long you're the only one who really understands him and i just think piss off miles you go and work that out with your own brother helen should not be having anything to do with him it's leaving a hook there isn't it because now he's like well jack will be the only thing left of rob Mm. for me and my dad when he's gone it's like no 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 piss Mm. all the way off like we don't want you but helen is wrestling as well with what to tell jack as we mentioned a little bit earlier you know what is it better to say nothing at this point and then much further down the line explain exactly what's happened or is it better to tell jack everything that's going on at the moment or what what is jack like eight yeah something like that isn't he he was born in prison and when was Helen in prison? Um, You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, as I like to call it, the golden years. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, must have been around 2016, 2017, wasn't it? It's weird, isn't it? This storyline has been going on for a very long time. Isn't it 10 years or something stupid like but that? But it's like you said last week. Mm. it's true to life because he wouldn't just go away he wouldn't just vanish and i know people that have exes who are complete tossers Mm. and they're like a bad smell they just don't go away they hang on only when kids are involved by the way that's the 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 linking factor in most of it Mm. i know that doesn't happen for everyone but when there's a kid kid involved and it's about you know parental Mm. responsibility they hang around but it's um i've got exes who i haven't got kids with who still pop up now and again in my messages oh yeah yeah weird yeah. isn't it i'm sure you it does do well. i mean but yeah 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 not quite in the same way that the, the, that this is happening but where is this going to lead though because obviously dominic the solicitor is happens to be away just at the exact time where kirsty's away wearing helen's dress and hat <laughs> in Prague yep. uh, and possibly a strapless bra she thought Eric wouldn't mind if she brought Helen along I don't think she knows Eric very well yeah or doesn't realise what Helen's like really. yeah. <laughs> coincidentally Kirsty's away the solicitor can't be contacted to because Helen wants to know whether the illness changes anything in terms of what they should be dealing with and they're both not going to be there sort of next week or so are they yeah and it's not like you can i mean because tony took the news really well didn't he I oh thought. yeah <laughs> it, it was he was a pillar and then tom said to pat i'm gonna go and talk to him and oh went, you'll just make it worse he went he i won't i promise i'll smooth things over don't worry yeah. Next thing, Tony's shouting at him, going, Don't you dare tell me that having one year old twin babies is the same as having a grown up daughter being raped by a, an abusive twat. Tom's pretty much done the same to them already by putting them on the Hitler nappies ad, hasn't he? Yes. <laughs> Hitler nappies. And but, almost damaging Bridge Farm. I but, thought, by, can I just say, Tony's yeah. acting there. 
absolutely oh, great. fantastic. Yeah, similar to mine, really, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> just, I mean, yeah, give give Kerry all the Emmys. <laughs> I, when I re-listened to the Omnibus on Sunday, mm. the scene with Helen and Rob as well in the yes. car park afterwards, just so good. Yeah, it was. Just incredible. And I did think her talking to Kirsty about, I could feel his breath on my neck. Mm-hmm. You can imagine it, can't you? Oh, definitely. That was really like, oh. That, that's great writing as well, isn't it? Yeah. That bit where Kirsty was saying, look, you've made a life for yourself here. You've got this house, <laughs> Lee's toys, Lee's shirts. Why are Lee's shirts in a cupboard? I imagine at that point they open the cupboard and it's just a series of really bad, like, drag racing flame shirts with <laughs> Hawaiian style with Bruce Lee's face on it. Yeah, Look, these shirts there, his Wolverine toys over there, his Spider-Man. It's like there's sort of a Lee cupboard where all his stuff is just shoved into. He can't have a wardrobe. Yeah. There's just the Lee cupboard, sort of under the stairs, probably. You know that one where the vacuum is and that? Yeah. And sort of like, like old where Harry mops. Potter sleeps. Yeah, that's Lee's cupboard. And all his clothes yeah. are in there, all higgledy-piggledy. Um, oh, oh, hello. Do you think I could hang up a shirt this this week in your wardrobe? No, it goes in the cupboard. <laughs> the cupboard is where your things belong. You know that, Lee. Told you. Must 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 must, must I sleep on a pillow of cheese rind again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why would you think any different? Sometimes she is. Sometimes she is almost not almost as controlling as Rob, but there are controlling elements about Helen and there were prior to Rob so don't disagree with any of that uh Kerry yeah let's take a little break and then we'll chat about some things that may have happened on social media okay yeah a lot can happen in three years like a chat bot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Kerry, do we have any new reviews? Yes, Matthew, we do. We've had a really lovely uh, five-star review. I'll just get it. Five stars? Yeah, five-star review. It's nice when we get those, isn't it? I can't tell you how much they boost our morale. They boost our profile on Apple, iTunes podcast thingy-me-bob world. Yeah, I am wearing like a pair of cotton and polyester 
shorts right now that's all because it's very hot and i'm so excited they've started to unravel great it's lovely well by the time i finish reading this you won't have any threads on you whatsoever so the title of this one is cider house rules so that's quite clever isn't it like and it, it yeah and it's by someone i think it's welsh for mike it's a uh, m-i-e-c some fool Sounds Eastern European to me, mate. I was going to say some fool might think it was uh, Eastern European, but no, you can tell because his last name is Heggy Heggett. So uh, that doesn't okay. sound Eastern European, does it? Much more Welsh, really. Uh, so Mike has put, thanks for helping me understand and cope with the hideous and trauma-inducing inhabitants of Ridge Farm and Brookfield. I had nowhere to go for a coping strategy till I found the cider shed. Thank you for the help. Five stars. Five stars? Yeah, yeah. Blimey. I know, it's so that good. That all sounded slightly familiar to me. What, like that three-star one we got last week? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for adjusting it because... It was an error on your part. You graciously told us. So thank you for amendments. Yeah, right. he did. Re he did reply. He posted in our Facebook, actually. So sorry, it was meant to be five stars, but my phone screen is obviously wonky. Not Eastern European. OK, sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> from Swansea. Whenever I hear the word Swansea, I'm reminded of that scene from The League of Gentlemen where um, Tubbs finally finds a roadmap <laughs> of England. You lied, Edward. There is a Swansea. Um, a Swindon. Yeah. There's yeah. <laughs> definitely a Swindon. Going to have to leave another review and clean my phone. Uh, what a star. Yes, thank you. Uh, Nimrod got in touch to say that Dr. Weber has been struck off for failing to tell a patient with a brain tumour they can't drive in all caps. Mm. Maybe this is deliberate. He has a seizure whilst driving, crashes into the gate and lets the sheep out again. <laughs> <laughs> but Paella, which I presume is um, Pip and Stella's new relationship yeah. name. Yeah, I saw it doing the rounds on Twitter. Yep. But Paella have found a bottle of 40% proof vodka and are rolling around in the back of Stella's car <laughs> and incapable of rounding them up. I've gone too far, haven't I? Dot, dot, dot. No, keep going. <laughs> Never too far. <laughs> Gillian Corrigan said she loved the episode title last week as she was at the original Boy George concert last night. <gasps> Yeah, mm. oh, let's just gloss over the fact that Boy George once. Cider Shed anti-lawsuit music. Oh, he, yeah, he did, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, we've, all, we've all made mistakes. <laughs> Who said that? Dan, Dan Wooten, yes. Yeah. Oh, what a um, Yep. Of the week or month. Not Helen, him. <laughs> Ian said, I'm still hoping Rob has planned the whole thing to get the kids. Hacked the hospital website, commandeered an empty room, paid an act to be the consultant. Didn't I say this a couple of weeks ago? Yes, Ian? Matthew, you did. <laughs> the alternative is that in all in all the world, number two on Rob's list of people he wants to help him at the hospital is someone who literally tried to kill him. And I'm not sure I can cope with how tragic that would be. Yes. Oh, it is a bit, isn't it? Um, it is a bit, yeah. And what else have we got? Uh, Mandy Belshaw was singing the praises of Brad. Can he become any more splendid and perfect? Was the sausage roll on an Aldi-owned brand or was it Ginster's sold in the village shop? Well, we did discuss mm. there might be some... I think it's now gospel that it was George, wasn't it? That's not being disputed. He hasn't admitted it, has he? Yeah, TR Talk says, why would Rob's family want the woman who stabbed him anywhere near him? Yeah. Theresa McDonnell got in touch to say, I am new to the archers and the cider shed has been my fun companion as I learn about all the dysfunctional people of Ambridge. Well, we're here for you. 
Teresa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and Morticia pretty much said what I said, which George has been bottling that up for a while, hasn't he? Um, mm-hmm. and she said, I really hope Fallon has put something slightly unpleasant in that second cake. And as for George, well, he'd been bottling that up for a long time, hadn't he? I wonder how Emma will regard him. Now he has revealed his true feelings. Um, yes. Vivian sent a picture of a packet of crisps. <laughs> Thanks, Vivian. Misophonia triggers. It started with, I think, a packet of crisps. Now the munching is spreading, oozing, slobbering its way through the episodes. Visions of teeth filled with food particles abound. <laughs> I hardly notice the intimate sounds of digestion myself when I listen while eating, but my husband will now march out of the room when the Archer's theme starts. I think most <laughs> people don't find the sounds enjoyable, but for those with misophonia, the sounds are maddening, bringing on rage and yeah. fear. That's just the Archer's, Vivian. Will this assault on the senses continue? Is there some metaphor of gluttony about to be revealed? Will one Archer's fan with misophonia suddenly turn to the person next to them and do something unspeakable? <gasps> I hope so. That is an interesting point, the misophonia thing, because there's two friends of mine that spring immediately to mind, one of whom just goes... <coughs> when eating. What, they wank? Yeah. <laughs> Always. No matter what time of day, what meal. Public, private, they can't help themselves. The other friend, when they eat soup or cereal, like with a spoon, they clatter the spoon onto their teeth with every insert of the food. And I cannot stand it. And I've told them I can't stand it. So it's a similar thing. Sounds are interesting, aren't they? I think I have got some sort of spectrum-y type misophonia. I know someone who dumped their partner because they ate too loudly. Oh, really? I've been massively conscious of it because for the last two years I've had braces, which are coming off next month. So I think I might even, I've recorded, the whole time I've recorded this podcast, I've had the braces in. So I think I might even sound different on air. I'll be like, hello, welcome to the Cider Shed podcast. Yeah, it's it's I'm yeah, I am sound intolerant. It'll be so nice when you're released from the braces, won't it, Matthew? I'll be running around a field. Weird. Yeah, you'll feel lighter, won't you? Maybe. Well, eating won't be so much of a pain, that's for sure. I mean, the first week I was like, oh. I'll never eat pizza again. And after about a week I was like, yeah, I'm going to eat it. It's just going to be really, really shit. <laughs> All right, mm. Kerry. Well, that was what's on our Facebook, which is a group called the Cider Shed Podcast. That's where you can find us. Yeah. Uh, uh, more people joining every day. Come there. Talk shit, basically. And we embrace it. Kerry, we do. if people want to get in touch on Twitter, how do they do that? We embrace the shit on Twitter at <laughs> the Cider Shed Pod. So please come along there during the tweet along, any old hours. I'm always on there daily responding to things. It's a right laugh. Send us any thoughts, feelings, fears, hatred of the archers. Or life. Yeah, anything really. Yeah. Oh, someone, Jonathan Parsons, he sent a brilliant clip of Martin Gibson, the actor person, Mm -hmm. on Play School from 1975. Get out. Yeah, he was a Play School presenter which I've watched him many, many hours in my early childhood and didn't realise that he's Martin Gibson. Was he Jemima? (laughs) Amble. (laughs) The only other one I can remember was Humpty Dumpty. Big Ted, Little Ted, Ted, Little Ted, yeah. Jemima. I think by that time I was already watching reruns. Yeah, probably. Rainbow was more of my, my, uh, my era. Yeah, or Jane and Freddy. Have you ever seen the X-rated version of Rod, Jane and Freddie that they they recorded? They recorded for some kind of like Christmas tape, but it's made its way to YouTube. <laughs> That's 
that's funny. They were at it, weren't they? A couple of them, <laughs> I think. Maybe. Well, Rod, who was Rod Skelton, I noticed very early on as a kid, was also credited mm. as the voice of the Daleks on Doctor Who. Stop it. Yeah. So Rod from Rod, Jane and Freddy was the Dalek. Is a Dalek. Yeah. Good heavens. Yeah. We didn't really touch on the Tracy Jazza not getting married, sitting on a balcony that was a fire escape, naming loads of Scottish venues that they'd been to and doing Braveheart impressions. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jazza did a Mel Gibson impression next to a statue in Stirling. So I pre- presume he just stood there in front of a group of people and blinked. Matthew just fucking did it again. I say that won't go in. I'm glad I mentioned that then. <laughs> oh, shit. But they so they drove the Riley, didn't they, to um, Scotland, avoiding all motorways and even the bit between Isle of Skye to Loch Linney takes three hours twenty minutes in a normal car. So the right, and then I looked at how long it took on a bike. It was nine hours for two, and probably the Riley was about bike speed wasn't it so it's like 10 hour journey did you google o'reilly after we talked about it last week google google o'reilly yeah they're good aren't they they look beautiful yeah but, I... but you thought they were going to have some sort of crash didn't yep. you and come to yeah it didn't happen thank god thank the god of the archers yes yeah it was good to have them back as well yeah and jazza went back to work mm. at barrow um just other social media stuff we have a mm. instagram which is the same as twitter which is at the cider shed pod we can message us at hello at the cider shed.com that's our email and if you... nobody ever does that surprise us um, one of yeah, you like two of you, you write an email yeah, if someone sends an email to hello at the cider shed.com i will create a jingle in your name great there you go come on yeah do it Oh, Nigella Lawson interacted with us on Twitter as well. Oh, this she week. did with with uh, yeah. Twitter, didn't she? She did indeed. Yeah, and I asked her because I'd sort of said, "Oh, I can't do the tweet along. I'm cooking Nigella Lawson's garlic chicken lemony thing." And she replied, going, "Oh, I hope you enjoyed it." And I went, "Oh, it's a family favourite, <laughs> Fangirl." <laughs> um, really crawly bumlick and I went um, I don't suppose you listen to the archers do you and she replied again saying I haven't for a long time maybe I should start again so wouldn't that be good well I don't know would it be good if she tuned in she'll probably tune in and be like who Tonight. is who is this sick person who has suggested yes. that I listen to this oh no if you want to become a patron of the cider shed you can do that at www.patreon.com forward slash the cider shed big shout out to izzy charlie julianne and esther who all became patrons this week yes you lot are stars we absolutely yes, love you, so you. thanks yeah, we're juggling a few things here at the moment and that really helps mm. us so yeah, yeah can't, no words really except the ones i've just said <laughs> yeah. we love it we love you thanks for oh, your help thank you so much not that we don't love the rest of the listeners kerry i'm yes going down to lisbon tomorrow so mm-hmm. we won't be able to say about what happens on friday but we will talk about it next week for sure yes and i reckon i've got a funny feeling in my bones there might be a midweek mm. special coming next week with lots of things that, yeah. that we possibly can't talk about. 
I'm game for that. All right, Kerry. Um, yeah, I'm off down south to the beach. Um, what you got planned for the weekend? Mm-hmm. Ooh, this weekend, uh, there isn't anything and I like it. Isn't that a Katy Perry song? There isn't anything and I like it. Yeah, that's that's me for the weekend. We promised we would never sing again on this podcast. I'll be watching The Ashes, actually. Oh, it's all that's... over, isn't it? No, mm. it isn't. Isn't it? I mean, I'm kind of torn because half my family is Australian, so I always kind of enjoy when it... England were great today. Yeah. Well, we'll see, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hopeful. Great. <laughs> when it comes to the ashes, my glass is half full and it's piss. So, <laughs> listen, Liam Rayner has set up a new fantasy football league, which is called the Cider Shed Podcast. I am going to include the link to how to join and the code to join it in the pod description you need to pick your team first then search for the league just search under the code and you can join there's already some people there and i have to tell you my team's name is russ of the rovers ah so you haven't gone with the southampton sort of theme this week then matthew well (laughs) ricky lambert and matt letizier yeah do you know what What a bunch of nutters Honestly. Did you see my um but, did you see my joke tweet about Ali Dia, the player who only played for like half a game at Southampton in the mid nineties? No. Because he managed to convince people that he was a footballer when he wasn't. No. Are you not aware of Ali Dia? No. Ah, he was a Is that like Delhi Ali but round the other <laughs> way? He um I think he might have orchestrated these calls himself and he called around a bunch of clubs and said that he was George Weah's cousin the like the Liberian amazing footballer that played for AC Milan and I think he called West Ham and a few others and he called Graham Souness and said like there's this shit hot player from no. Senegal and you should play him and I think they brought him in god knows what the deals were like at that time but they brought him in on some kind of like loan like for a week or something and he ended up uh graham sunes played him over letizia is he not a footballer at all he was kind of a footballer but not really he was a footballer in as why much hasn't as... this been made into a film because he only played for about 20 seconds he got on the pitch yeah, but that's hilarious and couldn't control the ball couldn't trap the ball couldn't run with the ball yes. so i did a slight mock-up of the local new i've sent it to your whatsapp right now okay of the of the local southampton newspaper because we've got Letitia has gone nuts. Uh, Lambert thinks you can talk to water now. <laughs> and so I fa- yeah, I saw that. I f- Bloody yeah. hell. And so I faked up a copy of the uh, the Southern Daily Echo. Can you see it? <laughs> Saints legend Ali Deer to lead expedition beyond Antarctica ice wall to expose alien Nazi space something. Space base. Space. Uh, oh my God. Now you do realise that there are a bunch of people that believe that there is a Nazi alien space base in Antarctica and that's the only reason you can't fly over it. Can't you fly over it? It's just so far from any airport that if something goes wrong, you can't get back. A certain section of society believe that the reason yes. that's being banned yeah. is it not alien Nazis. Did you see Yuri Geller? Well, I've seen him before. And his tweet. No, but his tweets today. Oh my God, he's he reckons that aliens have taken over WhatsApp and there's going to be that it's all going to sort of come to the fore within the next twenty four hours. Watch this space kind of thing. Bad shit is going to happen. I was like, oh, I can't bloody wait to be honest. I just had this vision of a a bunch of aliens appearing in my WhatsApp with spoons. Yeah, watch out, everybody. Yes, quite excited. I mean, that's the most exciting news I've heard in a while. I know. 
Yeah. Okay, so the aliens have WhatsApp. I'm cool for mm -hmm. that. Um, he once put some goldfish bowls behind the goal nets at Bristol Rovers in order to wheel the ball into the net. Um, <laughs> what he didn't really factor into his cosmic power is that Bristol Rovers are really shit and didn't have a striker. He's very strange, isn't he? In so many ways. Yeah, he's as Good mad as a box of spoons. Like He got people looking at TV sets, like sending thoughts. Yeah, I'm... It's like I'm, Kate, isn't it, almost? Well, <laughs> when he's on the screen, I'm kind of sending thoughts, to be honest. Yeah. Tosser. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kerry, listen. Fork off. What? Yeah. Fork off. Yeah. Go fork and have fun, Kerry. And I yeah. will see you. Oh, well, I'll be messaging you over the week when I'm sat on the beach. Um, Lovely. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Listen, everyone. Love you lots. And see you soon. Bye. See you next week. Bye bye. Hang on. I'm doing wind. <sighs> From my mouth.